The Heather McCoy Show. Welcome back to the Heather McCoy Show. Our one of our last swingets of the show. We always end off with Robert Larson reporting to us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, Heather. Thanks. It's always good to be with you. Uh, yeah, and so uh, we were talking about uh, the housing bubble seems to hit San Bernardino and the Inland Empire harder than most places, and San Bernardino is um, going to uh, start using eminent domain on houses that are underwater to basically try to keep people in them and then try to keep blighted spots out uh, of the, their community. Um, so I guess my guess is, my, I guess my question is, is like, uh, why did it hit San Bedino harder, do you think? And the other question is, is um, why didn't people see this in hindsight after the tech bubble? Because the housing bubble started right after the tech bubble deflated. Well, some of the people you and I pay attention to, like Matt Taibbi, have talked about this, the whole thing about bubbles, and that <laughs> people just really are good at ignoring things like that because everybody has this fantasy about getting rich. Some people actually do, but everybody wants to get rich and get there quickly if they can. And you think, okay, there's a part of you that is got this little bit more wisdom and see something like that come along and go, wait a second, this can't be good. This is just too easy. I'm making all this money. But you're like, wait a minute, maybe I can get in and get out and make the money. And everybody does that. We all have a tendency to do that. Yeah. It's just some people's filters are not as good as others and they just go in and yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And, and so that was going on. And I think that just always happens and there'll, there'll be another bubble. People will be getting in on other stuff and people have, have short memories when it comes to things like this, but out here in the Inland Empire, why it happened so much, obviously there was, there's a lot of open space out here still is compared to LA County, San Diego and Orange County. So people that are doing this thing of just building, 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 we got to build more houses so we can sell more uh, um, <laughs> um, toxic mortgages and all these things, sell houses to people who can't afford them. Well, we got to build them somewhere, and there was just space out here to build them, and the land is a little cheaper. So that's what happened. And there, I meet so many people out in this area that five years ago were just doing great, people that were selling real estate, people that saw, saw all this happening and didn't want to put their filters into effect and wait, I can do this. I can do this. Get the real estate license. And we're boom, boom, just selling houses left and right. Or they were doing construction, something related to all of that. And then when reality came crashing down upon us in 2008, they were kind of screwed and they're a lot of them are still screwed and just scrambling to make money any which way they can. Yeah. One of the things I never got was people would go, Oh, look, I've got a $700,000 house, but their wages didn't increase any or, you know, and then they are like, wow, I can afford this. And then they didn't really ask questions. Why am I getting this cheap cash? And then it sounds like for the Inland Empire, what you're saying is it's basically a combination of cheap land and easy financing. Yeah. And we, we've talked about trickle down economics and people, even though all the data is against that, people still want to kind of believe that too. And, and that's, this is one of the ways that they can say, wait a second, there's all these big land developers, there's these big banks, and they're all making money, and they're all doing well. And 
well, that's going to trickle down to me. I can get in on this game and I can make a little bit of money out of it too. And it's just, it, it's sort of a nice myth that people want to believe. And it's just, uh, I don't know how many more of these busts have to happen before people will say, you know, that's, that's not the way things really work or, you know, the way that they should work where it's, it's, that's all fake. That's all fake. Let's, let's do stuff that's real. I think some people think that like the job creators are like Indian deities and all we have to do is lower their taxes and they'll be happy with us again. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, there's the, the meme going around on the internet, the little graphic memes that you see in one of them is, well, you've had your taxes lowered for 10 years now. And, uh, where are the jobs? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Where are they? Yeah. So. You, I thought we would have pleased the job creators by now. I guess we've done a bad job. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It, it is. It is like religion. It's. It's not based on re any real evidence. It's based on on faith and the belief system. And you know, we think it's crazy back in the day that people would think they had to have human sacrifices to appease the gods. Well, now it's like, well, we have to uh, sacrifice and pay like a little more taxes so the very wealthy can pay a little less and that they'll rain down their bounty upon us. Maybe we need to sacrifice Paul Krugman. <laughs> that, that, that might help. Um, so speaking of jobs and jobs that go nowhere, a major controversy, and I looked this up before the interview, uh, is uh, Chick-fil-A. And I've, my predisposition is, oh, there's probably tons of those in the Inland Empire. And there's actually more in the L.A. and Orange County area, to my very big surprise. But I, I guess uh, there's a lot of mayors denouncing them for uh, donating their profits to anti-gay uh, propaganda. Yeah, I, I never was a big fan of Chick-fil-A. I just never thought their food was very good. And I ate there once years ago, and I, yeah, just didn't like it. Never went back until, I don't know, maybe a year ago. A friend of mine had some coupons for there, and uh, went back and tried it. And actually, I didn't think it was as bad this time, but it was still. Uh, now, it's like, after hearing all <laughs> this, what these people are about, I'm like, no. It, it never, even when I thought it wasn't that bad, it's not worth supporting people people's stupidity yeah that's one of the restaurants where you look at the commercials and the commercials the food is supposed to be dressed up and you know made so you actually want to consume it but they're one of the restaurants that you look at the commercials and you're like "Ooh, i can just see the fat just pounding on my body <laughs> yeah you know it's um it's funny uh chick-fil-a is is in the news now because of this their their bigotry but uh, Carl's Jr. was owned by Carl Karcher. I think he he's passed away, but uh, they he was a religious extremist, kind of a right wing Catholic, I think. And uh, yeah, I didn't didn't really want to support them much because of that as well. And then there's um, also In and Out Burger, which I don't I haven't ever heard them preach any kind of weirdness. It's just pretty well known that the owners are Christian and on some of their, I think it's the, the cups you get your drinks in, there's a little biblical verse underneath or something like that. And it, that, that doesn't really bother me because I, but it's interesting out here in this area that there is one In-N-Out Burger that if you go there, I don't know, just pretty much any time, there are always very out 
Christian people, you know, they wearing their Christianity on their sleeves, um, that are hanging out there and they're doing little prayer meetings and things. And I, I have to think that they sort of favor in and out because it's known that their owners are Christian. Well, that's understandable. We've we've got a set of dinner date there. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of strange people, I mean, so who are some of the uh, weird people you ran into this week? Well, uh, yeah, I, there's a character I met some time back and, and uh, saw him again recently. And he's just one of those people you meet late at night at Kinko's. Uh, I've always <laughs> been fascinated by the Kinko's crowd, people that show up at Kinko's at midnight or 2 a.m. And it's people that are just up to weird stuff, it seems, you know. And I, I saw this guy who was photocopying some stuff, and it looked kind of interesting. And it turned out he was a JFK assassination buff, which I know a few people are into that kind of thing. And I, I think it's a valid area of inquiry. I think there is something there to, uh, that needs to be looked into further. But, you know, people get really obsessed about it, and it becomes their life. And that's how this guy was. And he just was talking nonstop about it and bringing up some things that I heard and some that I hadn't, some that seemed, yeah, that's something to that. And some were just so weird. You're like, what are you talking about, dude? That that just kind of seems kind of crazy. <laughs> but he was telling me all of the thousands of items, books and things that he had in his little sort of like home museum. I think he has some little storefront business that's just a sort of normal business. I forget what it was they sold. But then he says like he's got this back room where he stores all this stuff. And um, I'd love to go check it out. I probably will. Uh, I got his information. I probably will check it out one of these days. But I, I love those kinds of characters that you run into. And yeah, also just uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about this of just People at Starbucks, I, I go to Starbucks once in a while um, on my lunch break from work, and there are certain people that you'll see there over and over, and they're there all the time. They're customers that are there, and you go in there to get your coffee. They are already sitting there. You get your coffee or whatever. You might hang out a little while and eat something, and you leave. They're still there. You come back maybe after work because you need another jolt of caffeine and the person's still there and you see these people that they're just there hours and hours day after day and they they're not homeless because they i mean and not in how we typically think of homeless people because they have nice cars and nice clothes and they are just i don't know i'm just always curious about what the deal is like they're not working but they have money they have a lot of money and they, they don't necessarily seem like they're being taken care of uh in the sense of a, uh, you know, like a gold digger type person, like it's like they're trust fund babies or something. But yeah, just some re a lot of characters like that. And I'm always curious about that. I think it'd make a great uh, story to just interview people that spend a lot of time at Starbucks. Maybe they got out of the housing bubble early. Yeah, and got their money cashed out. And uh, it's, yeah, because some of these people, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, it's, if you have money and you don't need to work, it just seemed to me there would be more interesting things to do than to just hang out at Starbucks all the time. And like it's like they're trying to meet people, like they don't have enough friends or something. And um, yeah, it's a. I'm sure a sociologist that wanted to spend the time could have a field day with it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they could. So um, what are some of the fun things so you found a few new swimming holes around uh, more of them? Yeah, I've been 
this has been a thing I've been intrigued by lately because where I'm living here in the Inland Empire, it, it is pretty much desert. It's, it's very dry. But you do find after you've been here a while and you talk to people, there are little creeks and things here and there that actually have a fair amount of water that sometimes they're spring-fed and sometimes they're, uh, they're snowmelt and they're near a good enough mountain range that that snowmelt lasts quite a while through the year. And I was driving down the Ortega Highway a few days ago. I know you're a big fan of the Ortega Highway, being a um, sports car, car racing enthusiast like myself. And it's it's a really fun road to drive on. I'm not sure if I should say this on the air or not, but it's my own personal Formula One track. Okay. <laughs> Just don't say when you're going to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a, a spot I had heard about, and it's it's sort of near the county line between uh, Riverside County and, and Orange County, and there's a, a bridge, a concrete bridge that you drive over, and it's, it says narrow bridge, and it is a narrow bridge, uh, and somebody told me, yeah, there's a swimming hole around there, so I went to check that out, and there's a spot you just get to park your car in one of those turnout areas, those places where you let faster cars go by. And so it's not really a parking lot, but it's the only place you can park around there. To, and then you have to scramble down this hillside. And there is, there's the creek down there, San Juan Creek. And there's some, there's a dam in there. And I tried to find information on it. I looked it up online that there's a dam that looks like it was built like 70 years ago. It's about a, I don't know, 10 or 15 foot high dam, about... 30 or 40 feet long and uh it's made of uh rock and concrete and it's you when i was there a few days ago there's just a little bit of a creek still in there because uh, it's a seasonal thing but people have told me in the springtime with this little dam there it really fills up with water and it becomes this big swimming hole and it but the dam just looks really intriguing because it almost looks like a ruin. It's like that old. It's like 70 years old, but it, it obviously still functions. To, I don't know why they need to dam up water right there other than maybe they are just trying to create a swimming hole. And uh, it, uh, it, it just uh, has a, it, like I said, it looks sort of like a, some sort of ruins, like it's hundreds of years old, but it's not. And uh, it's actually, so the water is only like about a couple feet deep. And there were crawdads in there. I didn't know crawdads even lived in this area. And there, there were quite a few of those in there. And any, I, I was going to say, any markings on for the CCC on the dam? I, no, I didn't see anything like that. It, I, I was trying to, couldn't find anything like that. But hmm. it was, it was built by some. It was like an official construction, and it was built for some purpose. But it seemed like that purpose. I don't know what that would be. I, I'm sure I can look that up, and I, maybe I will. And I, I found another swimming hole out by Fallbrook. We've talked about this a little last week. I was going to be looking for this, and I actually found it. And there's a creek out there. I guess it's called Sandia Creek, which is uh, feeds into the Santa Margarita River. And it's a pretty good-sized creek, and it's it's also got a sort of dam of sorts that's been put in. And it's... There's a lot of foliage around there, and it really looks like something you wouldn't find in Southern California. It looks like some sort of uh, bigger than a creek, almost like an actual river. It's, wow. it's wide across in some spots, like you know, 40 feet across, and uh, it a few feet deep. 
and it's just it, it just looks like something you'd find somewhere in the south or something like that's almost a little swampy like but there were some spots where it was really a pretty clear water and kind of a sandy beach and there were a bunch of people just like hanging out on the beach there and going swimming i i didn't it was a little trashy though as uh, i had been told as people just trash it up and that kind of letting their dogs make messes and things like Aww. that but it, it was otherwise a really beautiful place and and it's uh, if these things were sort of policed more where in the sense of i don't know rangers or something that kept it you know clean it would be more of a place you'd want to visit and recreate yeah but, that's pretty cool yeah but uh yes the ortega highway right by the little bridge that separates the counties a little swimming hole there that great in the springtime i've been told and this other swimming hole in fallbrook that's got swimming water year round it just <laughs> the cleanliness of it is a little questionable <laughs> yeah a lot of water sources are like that these days Robert Larson with his annual, or not annual, but his weekly report from behind the Cleveland National Forest Curtain for some of us on the Heather McCoy Show. Thank you, Robert.